Hello and welcome to episode 22 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm your host Michael McCall and I'm joined as always by my co-host Steve Pander. Hello Michael, how's it going? It's going better now than I thought it was going to be up to 75 minutes of the game this afternoon. Yeah, that was quite a three-minute barrage there of goals, a two, three-minute barrage. It was fantastic. Probably the best two or three minutes of MLS play that we're going to see anywhere, I think, in the league all season. Oh, just not live, right? Anywhere. Yeah, just anywhere. I just think it it was fantastic entertainment. It was just thrills. It was defensive mix-ups, some cracking goals... Our favourite anti-hero, Will Johnson, scoring. So we'll come to all that over this this podcast. As we said, it's episode 22, 2-2. Very apt, actually, that we're doing this since the, the game finished 2-2. Just what, what's your initial thoughts on the game, Steve? Well, for the Whitecaps, I think it was a very good start. Actually, they, in a way, they, in the first 10 minutes, they showed more desperation than they showed in the, during the entire RSL match, I think. That um, really wouldn't be hard. Though. No, it wouldn't be. But it, they, they held on to the ball. It was good possession. They dominated possession in the first 10 minutes. And then slowly, Portland started controlling the ball, um, started bringing the play back to them. And um, they were able to get that Darlington Nagby goal before the break. And that was a huge goal at that time. Um, really big mix-up by the defense, uh, especially YP Lee. I don't know what he was doing on that one. Yeah, let's, let's have a look at that goal. To me, I, I put all the blame on Lee. Maybe have to go home and watch it again. But my initial thoughts and from watching the, the replay, Lee just gave Nagby so much time and space. I know it was Eisted that his, his kick out to start with to Johnson... He, it didn't go very far, it was a really bad kick but then you've got Lee giving Nagby so much space, allowing him to turn and just backing off him and just letting him get the shot off and what is Lee doing in the middle of the park? I know, he was. I think he was following Nagby on his run from the wide side but I think I think somebody else should have stepped up on that when they saw Nagby being able to break free It, it was a great goal, it was a great finish it gave Osted no chance but you just cannot, in a crunch game like that a big derby game where when there's playoff points, Cascadia Cup, Pope's on the line, you just cannot back off players like the way that he did. And uh, Usted, I, I was very surprised by Usted's clearance. It was like, it could be very much his worst ever yeah, clearance. It's I, it was so just not barely, like him. barely got through half. Like, he barely has to put a kick in in order to get it to the halfway line, and he usually bombs it even past that. Um, he had a good run up to it, too. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter blaming Davidson for a passing bag. Uh, that's obviously the. Typical well, backlash yeah, on Davidson. He's Listen, a scapegoat all season yeah, for I, some people. I will admit I'm not the biggest fan of his. And yes, he, there was Harvey apparently like on the left side in open space. But still, most of the blame has to go to Usted on that. And, and the, uh, to start the, that started the whole play. And then obviously Lee with the poor defensive play. But then Nagby with a great finish. Doesn't, doesn't help really help Omar Salgado with that finish, but <laughs> it was a great finish by Nagby went cutting to the right and then shooting it into the left side of the net. Yeah, I, I tweeted out at, at halftime that the Timbers 2011 number one pick in the in the Super Draft won. Every single other Whitecaps draftee, nil. Yeah. And I, I still think we should have taken Nagby, and I know he didn't want to come and play in Canada, but then we just well, kind of sort that out. We, we've heard that he's, he, didn't, he said he wasn't going to play in Vancouver. He didn't say that. He said he, he didn't want to play, but if he was picked, he would have came to Vancouver. Um, we've heard that from a couple of people. Uh, so, but ultimately, that's 
there's water under the bridge now. Nothing yeah, can do there's, that. there's no point looking back at that. Now, one of the other things I tweeted out at halftime is was I was asking people for when they thought the first substitution would be made. And there's a few people tweeting back that they actually thought Camillo should be taken off, which I thought was crazy. Yes, he wasn't having a good game, but he's a player that at any moment can just spring into life and actually be a game changer. And that's what we saw. It, it didn't really look like anything was going to be happening. And then he comes back with that free kick in the 76th minute, 1-1. Well, obviously, the foul was a legitimate foul. I thought he was—he was—he was definitely fouled on that. And then, I can't even remember the foul. Yeah. I just was so caught up in everything that happened afterwards. He was going, going to, trying to go up and down, and then we saw on the replay. You didn't really could tell initially, but on the replay, you could tell it did graze off uh, one of the defenders in the wall. Yeah, definitely was deflected. And on. that, I, I think, if it hadn't been deflected, it probably would have been stopped by Ricketts. Uh, but. Luckily, the deflection happened. It went in. Yeah, game changer. A big time. Could have been. Could he still even be a season changer? But we'll we'll come to that later in the show. And like BC place erupted. Yeah. Camilo went nuts and celebrating. Everyone was happy. We found it really hard not to give out a big cheer in the press box, and it was great. And then seconds later, two one down, and Portland scored seconds after I said to you, "Watch this, Portland's going to go up the, yeah, up did, the pitch and did, score he, now." He did say that, folks. He's not making that up. Um, it, just, it just was written all over it because you just so, sensed something like that was going to happen. I still don't recall how Nagby got into his position on the, on no, the right side I of know. the box. But once he got there, I thought it was just horrendous the way... Like, Harvey, I can understand, going for the block and everything yeah. like that. I mean, ha- Harvey had to commit himself and yes. go for it. But Demerit, I wasn't sure what he was doing because they both went sliding in yep. for the block. What happened there, obviously, because Demerit left his central position Davidson had to drop back a little bit and collapse and which gave Will Johnson so much space now the one thing I will say about Davidson and this is one where I got upset about him at the Voyagers Cup once again and and he did it again against Houston as well Um, he he put his hands behind his back trying to go for the block and then turned his turned his body sideways again like I don't know the proper procedure on how to block a shot but you would I have think to say, I would be doing anything to get out of the way, but I'm but, a big whoosh. Yeah, but you think you'd have to be as wide as possible instead yeah. of being narrow and then have giving him more space. Now, I don't know if he stayed, if he stayed wide or like like face on with the shot, if he would have blocked it. I'm not sure. I couldn't tell from that angle. But it was just irritating to see him do that yeah. again. I, I'm I, not blaming Davidson on that. Um, uh, anybody who wants to tweet us not blaming Davidson. It was just an irritating thing for me. I think obviously that one was, I think, demerit should not have overcommitted to Nagby with Harvey. No, I mean, to me it was more calamitous defending. You had, as you say, Harvey, you, you can kind of forgive him, but if you're going to slide in, you at least have to get close to the ball. We didn't even seem to get close to it. Nagby then just cut back. Then you've got Demerit, whatever the hell he was doing, sliding in as well, and as you say, leaving space in the middle. But then after Johnson got the shot off, which was a great strike, Carlisle Mitchell, who is blocking Osted, so Osted can't get a decent view. So that's fair enough. You don't mind the keeper getting blocked if the guy that's blocking him actually gets in the way of the ball. Osted's got no chance. He sees it too late. It's nestled in the bottom corner. And Osted was going absolutely nuts at, at that. And after it went and I was saying, right, let's see who was at fault there. And then you watch it and it's like, oh, lots of people, no wonder he's going nuts. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a total calamity on that. But then little time we have to wait again for the next goal <laughs> which was absolutely brilliant um, spectacular it's it was, it's going to be up there with goals of this season I don't know if it 
I don't it's even the Whitecaps goal of the season because we've had a couple of crackers yeah. Kenny Miller Herzog Kobayashi no it was it was a brilliant goal Maddox uh, made that run He uh, at halftime he made a switch to play more wide instead of playing centrally uh, I noticed that yeah. a bit. He made more which was good because I thought it was completely ineffective yeah. in the first half and, and uh, he made that cross I, I'm not sure if he meant to do it all the way across the box but yeah, he, he over hit that he over hit that a little bit and then YP Lee made a great one touch of uh, cross right yep. back into the middle Camilo absolute brilliant scissor kick beautiful if that if that goal happens in England or Europe or something like that it would be all over the highlight reels all it would be the, like the opening goal or opening yeah. uh, montage of the goals of the goals of the day or whatever I haven't seen all the goals obviously from this week yet but that you've got to think it's going to be a goal of the week winner contender although Portland fans will probably rig it again and yeah. Johnson will win it or something well, more or Darlington Nagby, Nagby, Nagby yeah. was more yeah could have, we could possibly have all four goals up for goal of the week, but we'll, we'll see about that. Now, we, we talked about Matics there. Let's, let's have a quick discussion about the lineup. I I knew Kenny Miller was going to be out. It, it was kind of obvious to anyone, if you read between the lines, that Miller was, wasn't going to make it. And Mike Martinego tweeted out uh, before the game that could even be that Miller's done for the season, yeah, which is going to be like a crucial blow. Well, to the caps. Uh, Weber afterwards uh, retweeted him back and then said that he ran into Miller and Miller said that he was trying to hopefully be ready for Seattle match. So uh, maybe Mike, Mike's got some inside information and Kenny doesn't want to let that out in order to give Seattle Well, an Miller's advantage. an experienced guy. He yeah. knows what he can say and, and, and what he shouldn't say and especially to, to media guys and especially someone like Mark Weber who's like the main media guy yeah. here really. If you're playing the Martin Rennie Rings the Changes prediction game, three was the magic number this week. Excellent. Um, so congratulations to everyone that had that. And the three changes were Matix coming in for, for Heinemann up front. Let's look at that one first of all. Anyone listening to this knows I'm not a fan of Matix. I still would have traded him in April. I'd still trade him now. I was surprised after the game, Martin Rennie's comments praising him and his work rate and said he did well. I didn't think he did. I thought he had a shocker. Well, I, I, he, he, there were times when he was running hard. Of course, there was that one time around the 63-minute mark or 63rd something. 63rd or 64th yeah, minute. So I was going to bring that up because yeah. that annoyed me so much. Yeah. Camilo plays the ball through to him. Matic just stands there, doesn't even chase it. And Camilo's just standing there going, what, what are you doing, man? And, just, and then Maddox was pointing to the linesman saying he was going to call offside. Ah, but, then, but he wasn't. But then you don't, no way he was. But you but don't do that. You no, just play you go. Until the, until the Because who else was going to get the ball? No yeah. one. He could even if even if it was uh, if he was complaining, Maddox was complaining. It was hit too fast. Maddox should have the speed enough to grab that ball before it hits the end line, maybe yeah. cross it back into the middle. I mean, we, we we moan about Camilo not passing, and then he does last week, and Rio Coker messes the chance up. He passes today, and Matic can't even be bothered going to it. Yeah. And after that, Camilo turned to the bench as if to say, "Come on, what what's going on with this guy?" Yeah. So that was one of the changes. Um, I don't I don't think he had the impact that some are saying he did I, well he, I think he did I, I, I kind of disagree with you I'm going to say he did run hard at times I'm maybe just clouded here yeah, I, don't, I, think I don't he, like I think if that 63 minute issue, incident didn't happen where he did hold up I think you would have been you would have probably changed your mind a little bit but I think that nah. that minute that, that one play <laughs> It's just sitting in your head ahead of anything else. He did come a couple of times as well, and I actually remember because I was actually shocked that he came all the way back and played defensively a couple of times. Actually, yeah, I will give that towards yeah. the end of the game, the one where Osted came out. I can't remember who the Portland player was, and 
was just like tackling him on the sideline. Yeah. The person that then got the ball was Matic. So yeah. I, I'll give credit where credit's due there. He did he did well there. Now, when I saw the lineup, I actually thought Martin Rooney was trolling me because he had Kobayashi in the lineup as well. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, that I, I was looking around, I thought Ashton Kutcher's gonna be here. I'm gonna be punked. But it turned out it was it was real. Kobayashi played. Again, he did nothing for me. He was just ineffective. Yeah, he didn't have the same... As you, it, it, the good thing was he played in centrally, so he had a chance to be impactful. But, yeah, there wasn't nothing there. Um, they were playing... Well, we should talk about the the formation. It was a 4-4-2, it looked like. Uh, I'm not sure what the hell it was, was it to like be honest with you. Well, it looked like a 4-4-2 diamond, uh, something that they yeah. played against last week. And obviously... <laughs> Rio Coker liked the system so well he convinced Rennie to play it. And so, <laughs> so, so it, 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 I thought the system worked well. Like I said, the first 10 minutes, it really worked well. And Kobayashi did show something in the first 10 minutes. But then after that, uh, Portland took over and they barely touched the ball. He was playing behind the strikers. And um, we'll have to maybe see some of the replays again. But I don't think he provided too much to the strikers. It was more Rio Coker providing their service. So it was... Uh, I, I think Kobayashi, but again, ineffective. I agree with you on that one. And then the final change is Watson was in, and the players dropped were Coffey and Tybert. Yeah. Now... I think Watson came in for Coffey, Yeah, w- w- Watson's a hard worker. I, I actually... I, well, I don't mind that, because I think Kofi's been playing terrible. Yeah, last we said it last games. time, he's still in the DM mindset, and he can't seem to shake that. And I'm, I'm fine that he was dropped. I, I have no issue with that at all. The, the only... Like you said, the only issue I had would have had out of the three would be... you. I know you had two issues with two of them. I, w- I would have only issue with one of them was Tybert. Tybert, I thought, was one of the better players against RSL. Um, he... Like, that, that's not... Easy, I mean, hard to say that he was one of the better players because they were all not that great, but he did get the one chance on net. And I thought he he made some good runs. And you're always going to get an honest effort from the guy too. Well, yeah, you'll get that. But I, I, just, I just think he's lost it at the moment. I don't think he... I mean, they were talking in the pregame show. It was interesting how he needs to work in the off-season on, on having another foot. And he yeah. does because he... He's just not made an impact. Well, I have the, no problem with him dropping out the team either because he's not been playing good. But the problem we have is no one else is good to come in. He showed that foot in Seattle, and I don't. Maybe it was just a one-off situation, but he did show it in Seattle in the away game. Um, well, let's hope he, he shows that again on Wednesday. Yeah, hopefully he does it again. Maybe they need that turf again to play on to show it. Now you mentioned Rio Coker there, and Rio Coker was very animated with Martin Rennie just before the second half started. I don't know if people have seen that. If you're at the game, you probably won't have. I just happened to be going to get a tea and I noticed that it was on the screen. He was basically telling Rennie what he needed to, what the team needed to be doing, how they should be playing. And Rennie wasn't saying too much back. It was mostly real Coker talking and Rennie nodding. But you noticed when I was aware yeah. of something about Rennie. Rennie, and I, I, um, maybe he's done this in the past, I never noticed, but he, this uh, six minutes before the, the second half was supposed to kick off, he was walking to the bench by himself. And usually the players come about three minutes to go. So it was, it was strange to see. And, and Rennie was actually sitting on the bench by himself. I, I thought he was possibly looking around, taking the atmosphere in for one last time. Well, it could have been also that. <laughs> it also could have been that maybe the players, he left the players to talk amongst themselves. That's what I think he did. Three, I, I think he was like, game. I've told you all I've wanted to tell you, because he probably really let rip at them. Because yeah. they really did need a rocket up them. And it's, I, think, I think he did, because they came out all guns blazing. Yeah. But I think he did say to the players, you talk amongst yourselves, you, you sort out what you're going to do. Yeah. Now... I was going to actually ask Rennie about that after the game, but I forgot. So, 
before we go any further with our stuff, let's hear a little bit from the, the Caps post-game. So we'll hear from Martin Rennie and Jay Demerit. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, I'm, I'm the coach of the Whitecaps, but first and foremost, before I was ever that, I was a soccer fan, and I still am a soccer fan, and tonight you just saw an unbelievable game. Um, you know, I've, I've watched soccer and been involved in it for a long, long time, and, uh, you know, it's no wonder we pack BC Place out almost every time we have a game, because there's games like that consistently, and... Uh, Tonight probably topped it all. Obviously, we're disappointed that we we didn't get the the win, um, but it was it was an unbelievable game. At the end, the saves uh, that Ricketts made, the two the double save from Camillo, and then the uh, the save from Kakuta was really top 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 class save. Um, but I was really proud of our players tonight. I, I thought we started the game really well, really brightly. Um, I thought we had a 15-minute spell at the end of the, sec the first half, which we weren't as good as we would have liked to have been. Um, but really, second half, I thought we played some really exciting stuff. And I think when you see you know, young players, Darren Maddox, Kakuta, uh, Russell, those kind of players making a big impact on, on the game, um, it's, it's exciting. And you can see why uh, you know, the Whitecaps fans make such a difference to our, to our game here. You can see why they're, they're buying all their season tickets again because they've seen some unbelievable soccer here. And, and uh, now we need to knuckle down and, and get results in these last, last three games. But that keeps us alive. And uh, you know, a, a couple of moments there, it seemed like we might be all dead. Uh, we've got a team here that's very close to being a really good team. It's not quite there yet, but it's not far away. And uh, you know, moments like that definitely make you happy to be involved in soccer again because it, those those are really what, what we come out to watch games for. That's what we want to be a part of is goals like that, excitement like that, attack and play like that and um, tonight both teams contributed to it. Uh, really an excellent game, a fantastic spectacle um, and another top, top, top Cascadia Cup game. Yeah, if I was sitting in the stands, uh, you know, I, I think I would be going home a, a pretty happy fan. But, you know, unfortunately for us, uh, you know, their keeper makes two world-class saves. I mean, they should be making a statue of Donovan Ricketts uh, in Portland right now because he's definitely kept them in it, uh, which is disappointing for us because uh, that was a game that, uh, that we should have taken three points. But credit to them, credit to the keeper for making big saves. Credit to our guys for coming back and showing character, not only from last week, but from going, uh, from going down today. Uh, Camilo, again, shows his class, why he's, uh, why he's in the All-Star team this year. So overall, very exciting game for everyone involved. But... Um, and, and, and for uh, and to be fair, a point gain for us, but uh, that makes the next three for us, uh, you know, crucial. Overall, you know, we're happy with the point. Happy to come away with at least a, a, a bit of character and a, and a bit of, uh, uh, of our heads held high going into Wednesday. But that makes Wednesday, you know, a must-win game. So some interesting comments there. Um, Martin Rennie's press conference would probably have been very different. He was. He seemed to enjoy the game. Yeah. If we hadn't got those two goals, I'm not really sure what the mood would have been like in there. But he was definitely, he was definitely selling season tickets at the end. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Demerit's comments. That there's a couple of things in that. You you liked his comments about Donovan Ricketts' first fall. So let, let's start on that because it was more an upbeat comment. Well, he was uh, mentioning that you know how he, they should build a statue for him, and he, and he should because he's been outstanding. And he said that in that they. They, they, they're in the playoff picture because of him, basically based on the whole season. And that's true. Like uh, We had Slamo on the roundtable, and he's, he was mentioning that it was like 18 to 20 points that Ricketts has saved for the white, uh, for the Timber. So you got to assume that they wouldn't be in the playoff picture at all if it wasn't for Ricketts. I spoke to Will Johnson and Donovan Ricketts after the game, and we'll hear that audio in a little bit. But, yeah, I 
think Ricketts has been outstanding for them this season. Now, Jay was saying after the game that if he was a fan in the stands, that he'd be going home a happy fan. And I know what he's meaning from an entertainment point of view, but no fan should be going home happy that we dropped two points at home in a vital playoff game where we needed a win against a, a Cascadian rival and a playoff conference rival. I mean, I, I don't know, am I just being too harsh on him because I'm in a grumpy mood? Or should, should fans in this city be demanding more and going home upset that we haven't won that game. I still think it's it's because it, this team's in its infancy that a lot of the casual fan who have just been turned on to football ha, are not going to be de- as demanding as if it was, say, a Canucks the team or a hockey team or a Lions game. No, I, I, I know. So I, it's, 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 it's in its infancy, and that's how you're going to definitely, uh, based on the, some of the tweets we're already getting, uh, where the hardcore fans that are are definitely upset about this uh, yeah, draw, and they would rather have a win at this point. Yeah, and it's something we had this discussion. I I wrote about it on AFTN during the week. We had a discussion in the Southsiders forum about it. I I understand that the Whitecaps are not ingrained in people here yet. The way that back in the UK, like teams, you you grow up watching them from an early age. You're a fan, it's ingrained in you, and you go home at the weekend in a really bad mood, kick the cat. I don't have a cat, usually find one to kick. Shout at the wife, she's used to that now, she goes and locks herself in the bedroom. And I hope one day the white cats will, will, will get to that stage where wives are shouted at and cats are kicked. No, understandable. And so, uh, should we go go over some of these tweets that we got? Uh, yeah, we 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 put a, a tweet out asking for some some comments on the on the game. So I'll read a couple to start with. Peter Wilkins at Wilkins Peter on Twitter says, perhaps this was an individual performance rather than a team one, which is why we're out of the playoffs. So he already thinks we're we're out of the playoffs. And then Morbidal uh, sent a tweet saying. Uh, based on a website, I can't remember to see the website, sportsclubstats.com, uh, Whitecaps now have a 3.269% chance of making the playoffs. Which seems low considering when we look at the scenarios, which we'll look at later on towards the last segment of the show, but it kind of also just shows you we're in a really dire mess. Yeah. Shane Monkman, S. Monkman on Twitter, says it's October and the coach still doesn't know who his best 11 are. That sums it up right there. And it does. It's like he's, he's made so many changes this season that I, I know he's, gonna, he's got injuries to contend with and he's going to say there's lots of injury problems, but you have to know your best 11. And that 11 that started today, that's not the best no, 11. No, it wasn't. And it's not the best 11 that was available of fit players either. No, I don't think so. And then we got also got Gord Armstrong at uh, his Twitter handles at BBYGord. It's all individual efforts, no system or situational awareness. Movement off the ball is almost non-existent. Which you have to say, and that, that, that summed up Darren Maddox, our Darren Maddox thing, where he wasn't making a move and uh, to, the right, to the right spot at the right time. And there were a lot of instances like that where they were just, and maybe that's what Rio Coker was talking about at halftime too with Randy. We were talking about that, that we need more movement off the ball. And that's where we made the subs with Kakuda and Rod Tyburn. Very possibly. So if we get any more before the end of the show, we'll read them out. So for now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a visit to the Portland locker room. And we're just going to hear a little bit from Caleb Porter because I missed most of his post-game presser. Uh, from listening to Martin Rennie and then I had a little chat with Will Johnson and Donovan Ricketts about the game Camilo's goal and a few other things so let's listen to that now 
The game started to open up on that on that second goal where they leveled it. It's to be expected, obviously, in, in the second half. Even if they didn't, we knew it was going to be kind of a track meet because they're trying to chase the game. They're going to gamble. They're going to they're going to gamble more than any other game all year because they have to win. Um, and, and you saw that at the end. I mean, they threw caution to win. They're throwing, you know, six guys up top. Um, you don't see that in any other games except at the end when teams are fighting for their lives to save their season. And, and listen, for us to get out of the point when they're doing that and they have a bit of momentum twice, I think is a real credit to our guys on the day. So, Will, you always really enjoy playing Vancouver, it seems? Yeah. How, what did you make of the game? Uh, it's a good game. It's good goals. Um, I mean, you can't leave too, too upset when, when a guy scores two, two crackers like that. Um, you, you take your hat off and, and you take your point. And uh, we'll go with the glass half full approach and, and head back home um, with a point. We're playing a desperate team. They had to win, um, and they didn't. So I think that's a credit to us. What happened at the end with Kikitamani? Just heat of the game? Or? Yeah, just heat of the game. You know, he went down a little, uh, little easy for my liking, um, and so I just told him that. A lot of teams would maybe collapse after they give up a goal, and you guys mm -hmm. came back and scored immediately, and then we were yeah. able to hold them. Can you talk about the effort there, and obviously you scored. Yeah, uh, you know, we faced a lot this year. You know, a lot of people don't remember that we, we didn't get our first win of the season until I think our fifth game. Um, maybe it was our sixth even. So we've, we've faced some stuff. We went through a, a rough patch again um, not too long ago, August or, or so. Um, so we faced it. We know it's, uh, you know, you know we're going to get hit sometimes. And when a guy scores a goal like that, you just kind of say, okay, no problem. We'll move on and, uh, and try and get another one. That's what we do. Um, we don't worry. And I think that's just credit to our guys, the character of our team. We face a lot of adversity already. Um, throughout the year, um, and so we we lean back on that experience from time to time, and I think tonight was a good example of that. Obviously, Camilo got two pretty mm -hmm. amazing goals, but do you think overall the defensive performance from yeah, yeah, defense and, and Ricketts solid again, really solid. Um, it takes two world-class strikes to beat us. That's it. Can you talk a little bit more about Ricketts? If this was one of yeah, he's he's the top level this year. He's, he's the best I've ever seen him play. He's been in the league for a long time on good teams, and he's you know a couple couple of times a game he makes a big save. And tonight the double save um, that he made on I think it was Maddox and, and Camillo. It's just what he brings to this team and. He's just a different class when he's when he's on his game. And this whole year, his level has dropped um, from game one to game 31. He's been so consistent for us, and you need that. All the good teams in this league have have good goalkeepers. Every single team that's in the playoff race has a respectable goalie. Where'd you get that shiner uh, about your left eye? That was the play at the end there. Um, that's how it goes. Uh, an outstanding game from you today. What, what did you make of the game and your and your impact and the saves in it? No, it was a good game. Um, we controlled most of the game, but um, they're playing for their season, so they mounted a spirited comeback, and um, I think we handled it well on the road, and we came away with a point. You had some really outstanding saves, really some clutch saves. What What is it that's brought your game to a different level this season? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm with a good team, good coaching staff, um, good players. Um, our season is going well, so um, when things are going well, um, you play outstanding. And this season has been like um, a renaissance for me. Well, what's your thoughts on Camilla's second goal? Ah, outstanding, world-class goal. So that was the thoughts of Caleb Porter, Will Johnson and Donovan Ricketts. Will Johnson loves to play the villain when he comes up here. It's, he, he really likes to wind up the fans, fans give him a hard time. 
he's just one of those hate figures that when he plays for his club team, you hate him. When he plays for his country, I still hate him, but it's like other folks cheer him on. Yeah. And one of the things after the game as well is one of the Portland guys asked him where he got his shiner above his eye, and he said it was from the incident at the end of the game, which I can only take to be the little altercation that you had with Manny. I didn't see anything that was likely to have given him a shiner, but we'll maybe need to watch that again in the replay and, and see see what happens with that. But good for Kakuta Manny. So we got the draw today. Uh, Jay Demerit, when we heard from him earlier, said that the next three is crucial for them, which basically every game for about the last ten have been crucial for Should them. Should have been, yeah, especially in the tight race there they're in. Seattle on Saturday night absolutely destroyed by Colorado. Yeah, that Four, was a shocker. <laughs> 5-1 final, 4 now at half time, and that could easily have been 7 or 8 now at half time. Yeah. The, the young guys, Dylan Powers and Deshaun Brown, two rookies, they were amazing, and the Whitecaps could have picked both of them. Well, I don't think they would, I don't think they would have ever picked Deshaun Brown because he is a similar player to Maddox, and going into this season no 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 he scores yeah but Maddox scored somewhat last year too but I mean what I'm saying is that they were they're similar in their statures and builds and stuff like that and and their traits so I don't think they would have because they had high expectations for Maddox now Powers is somebody that they could have used especially in the central midfield they have they were lacking that last year as well so it's just just an awesome name as well it's just like some kind of superhero you could have done so much with him from a marketing point of view as well and he was a highly rated guy I think we discussed it but then he stayed for a senior season and for some reason if you don't if you stay for your senior season you usually drop in the draft for next year which is weird but Seattle now absolutely hammered they are going to be out with a point to prove on Wednesday in their next game and hey that's against us that's just what we need or is that just what we need could they be too eager? I think and leave chances so at the back. So the your your the best scenario for the Whitecaps is they come out too fired up, and they sh- they maybe overextend themselves or something like that, and maybe the Whitecaps can counterattack and find the holes and attack. And so that's what your best case scenario is. Uh, worst case scenario is that the their their ability to be fired up actually works for them, and they and they bang a couple in quickly, which would totally demoralize this team because this team they can say all they want about character and everything like that but they're they hang on a thread and they I think Camilo's luck I'm not going to say lucky but somewhat lucky free kick brought them back in the game and then obviously Camilo again with a shot but who knows if they were able to do anything and then that second goal when they tied it to two then they finally got some belief in themselves so Seattle fires a couple, uh, one or two quick ones through, and then it could be a situation where they are the teams that are beating up on their opponents. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. The, I, I don't want to be sounding like overly critical of some of the performances today. No, maybe I do. But in, what, what I do want to say here is I do admire the fight and the spirit that they showed to get back into the game. Where was that for the last five, six, seven games. No, I, I totally agree with you. It's just been missing. I don't understand it. I think there seems like they're, they're a team that's confused on the field and that confusion is obviously slowing them down in, in the way they're working to the goal. So, yeah, I, I agree with you that where is this stuff constantly, consistently? And why can't they keep bringing at least in portions for every game? Because I guess RSL, it was not there at all. And we both tweeted that out that 
the way Colorado performed against Seattle is the, and they played a much better team than Colorado did is the way Vancouver should have came out against RSL at the, the B side team. I, I liked your tweet last night when I tweeted out that Vancouver now need four wins out of four. Your reply was that they actually need five wins out of four. <laughs> That's what I felt like. <laughs> they, they, they let that. That was basically I think, the shot I think we the definitely RSL need game. four wins out of three now, yeah, the way exactly. it's going, and then it might be three out of two or whatever. The, the performance that the guys gave today in those last 15 minutes, and whether it was just that they introduced the new blood and it just brought some new life to the team, or they knew they were actually fighting for their lives that has to surely give them some momentum and some confidence and just something to take with them into the clink on Wednesday night. I think so. I think they can, uh, hopefully they can work on this and, 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 and maybe the good thing is, is the game is only two days. Um, it's going to be on Wednesday, two days. Three days. Three days later. Um, so Probably two days when you hear two this Two days training, yes. And so it's going to be a quick turnaround and maybe they, can, they don't think too much on the training pitch and be able to turn it around again. I think the problem is we have an awful lot of players that don't think at all, whether it's a training pitch or the proper pitch. And that's what we really, really have to work on in the off-season. Well, I'm not saying that they, they think well. I think they think too much. <laughs> they, they, Possibly. And they're not possible, uh, particularly good at thinking. So who would you like to see? What's your start in 11? Let's, well, we'll agree with Olstead, obviously. Yeah. Would you keep the same back for us tonight? I think you have to. Yeah, I, I think you have to as well. No matter what, like we're we're talking about, uh, we'll just go through a couple of tweets. Uh, one tweet about the back end, um, J Lamb at uh, J C F Lamb. Uh, That's L A H M. Yeah, um, he, he mentions uh, how can Harvey been consistently beaten on the left wing more than often? He was too tucked in. Don't they realize that? Now Harvey, we've noticed that too. Even on the Sandoval goal against RSL. We don't understand why. Like, I don't know if he still would have got to the cross, but he was still way too far in, too far away from the sideline. There's nothing you could do about that. So Harvey's going to stay in the lineup no matter what. True. Um, and then, and then the rest of the guys, Mitchell, and we don't know how O'Brien's back is. He could be still hurting from the, uh, whether it's a back. Well, he, or a he did say on Friday, I think it was, that he was fit and ready to go. But it could have been one. that his back acted up because when you have a well, back I, issue, I know, yeah. Because uh, I woke up this morning, my back was sore. Yes just want to get sympathy but <laughs> yeah it was um, one other tweet is from Shoe Thief at Stuck on the Sofa on Twitter and Shoe Thief says and that's a tongue twister Camillo needs to be a second half sub why waste him for the first 60 <laughs> yeah but the problem is, is who else are you going to put on the field um, instead of Camillo at this point I, I, I know. I, I, he's just being. Funny, I know. I know he's being funny, but it's just like there's no. Although the folk at halftime that wanted him taken off, it's like they weren't being funny. No, they weren't. No. So would you go four three three? Would you go four four two on Wednesday? I don't know. I think it's too hard to say because really the four four two didn't really work for them. No. Uh, whatever. I, I, whatever I they were playing. Whatever they were playing in those last fifteen minutes, they need to do that. I still think four one three two. I don't know. I've, sometimes you look at them and you've absolutely no idea what formation they're playing. I would like them to play two hold, not not particularly uh, in the conventional sense, two holding mids, but two mids that will push the ball up with a w- one single guy up there behind those three attacking. Guys. Well, I, th- I think in the middle we'll, we'll see Davidson again. That's yeah. a given. Um, we'll see Rio Coker again. Yeah. Uh, we'll see Camilo again, and. That with the four at the back and Osted, that's eight of her eleven. Yeah. Who do you give the other three to? For me, I'm thinking it has to be Manny. I don't know. I don't know if I'd play Tybert or not, to be honest. But I think we have you have to have Manny in there from the start now. 
Kofi's probably going to come back. So it could be Kofi, Watson and Manny. Yeah, it could be. Well, of course, we've got Matix as well, who may or may not be going to play for Jamaica. Yeah, he said he's 50-50 on that. Yeah. Um, uh, the only thing with Manny is to put him out in that Seattle. Uh, it's a big stadium, big event and everything like that. Does he shy away from that? He's always performed better at home than he has on the road. Actually, I'm not even sure if he played at all on the road. I know it's, it, it's a it is a very big game to kind of throw an 18 year old into. Yeah. I, I do appreciate that, and I I've been critical and Jay Duke on AFTN during the week wrote a great article about the fact that we are not bringing our young guys through and playing our young guys. And I agree with that. We should be getting a lot more out for draft picks, but the way that they have actually handled Manny and given him slow minutes that is good but he should have had a bit more by now he's still nowhere near the polished finished product or polished article but I don't know maybe maybe it would be too much to throw him in yeah well my, my big thing about and I didn't make a comment on this on the uh, about that article I just want to make a quick comment about that is my feeling is the based on other teams and everything it's also the level of what your star players are or your veteran players are that they can actually help out the rookies when they're on the field. So if you have good quality veteran players, that you you can put your rookies out there and they're not going to be out on an island or anything like that. So I, I think that that's the one issue with the Whitecaps that they don't have those guys to move the rookies along. And you know you want rookies to be asking questions and younger players to ask questions, but you want so much your veterans supporting those players on the field as well. That's that's very very true. Now. Just before we wrap up, let's look at the running for ourselves, San Jose and Colorado. And it's such a weird running because we're all pretty much playing each other. I'd kind of forgotten in all this scenario about San Jose, even though I had tipped them to get in the playoffs a few weeks back. San Jose play Colorado on Wednesday when we play Seattle. What do you think the best result is going to be there for us? Draw, San Jose win... I think uh, a draw would obviously would be the best thing. If we could pick up three and they pick up one each, I don't. I'm just saying if yeah. we pick up three, I'm not. I'm actually. Gonna, I, I'm writing off wins. So I yeah. think we're going to lose that. I think yeah. we're going to lose it three one or four one. Yeah, I think San Jose has a tougher road after that game. Well, they've um, they've got LA away on the twentieth, yeah. and then on the twenty sixth they are at home to Dallas. So I think they'll beat Dallas. I think they'll lose to LA. And if they, so if they beat Colorado and then they beat Dallas, that gives them sixty points, 50 points on the season. Yeah, I'm just getting the table up just now. So at the moment, they're on 44. So let, let's just say we lose to Seattle and we get six points from Colorado. We finish on 48. So if San Jose get a point from Colorado, they're on 45. If they lose to LA... And, then beat, and then beat Dallas, they're, they're on, 48. on 48 as well. And then it comes down to differential. We've Goals we, four. Well, it's, it's wins, first of all. Oh, yeah. It's the most wins. So we would win. We've got the better wins. If we beat Colorado twice, we would beat Colorado and San Jose on wins. Yeah. If it then goes down for goals four, we're better than Colorado and San Jose on goals four. Yeah. Then the third one is, which it should never ever come to, is then goal difference where we are like struggling against Colorado well, but we, we should be through on the first two if we can get what we need to but do but if we're saying that San Jose and Colorado draw then Colorado would have 49 points and so that mucks everything up 
Yes, you are right. <laughs> so the so basically so basically what after all of that nonsense, after all of that we just say we need to say that they need to beat Seattle. <laughs> you know, Morbito was right when he tweeted that. Out. Like that three percent of us getting in the playoffs. When you kind of start looking at this, yeah, we're kind of screwed. We basically have to beat Seattle. Yeah, it's it's a, a draw may be good enough, but basically, yeah, we need nine points out of nine. We need probably ten points out of nine. Well, I didn't really mean to end the podcast depressing for, for two podcasts on the row. So let's just wrap this up now. 2-2 draw at BC Place today. Doesn't really help the Whitecaps. They really needed three, but we've still got that little bit of hope to cling on to. Not sure that we're going to get too much out of the game in Seattle on Wednesday. Don't know when our next podcast will be either, but we'll, we'll do one after that game, maybe after the in, in between the Colorado game. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter. Talking of which, Steve, tell us where we can find you on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at, at WhitecapsBeat, and also I'm writing for AFTN Canada and Post America. And you can find me, Michael McCall, at AFTN Canada on Twitter. Send us an email about anything you want at AFTNCanada at hotmail.com and read all our stuff on Canadian Soccer News, AFTN.ca. So thanks for listening. It's been a tough one today. The vibe's still a little bit depressing. But it's in their own hands if they can get three wins, which is a big if. Maybe the season isn't over. Can only hope for the best and see what Wednesday brings. Mon the Caps.